Hola, I'm Elias Torres, co-founder and CTO of Drift. You're listening to the American Dream Podcast. On this show, we talk to leaders who have achieved their own version of the American Dream. But we also focus on the work that needs to be done to create a more consistent and diverse face of corporate America. That's why I'm setting aside time to talk to leaders of nonprofit organizations, the people leading the charge to build a brighter future for the next generation. Bienvenidos a todos on today's episode of the American Dream Podcast. We have Lisa Andrew. Lisa is the president and CEO. There's a lot of articles and awards out there uh, for her. Best CEO of the Silicon Valley Education Foundation. As the largest education nonprofit in Silicon Valley, SVEF has supported over 27,000 students in their goals to study science, technology, engineering, and math. Over the next 40 minutes, we're going to learn how Lisa got involved with SVEF, how SVEF supports students, and what's in store for 2022. Uh, welcome, uh, Lisa. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, how yourself, uh, you know, had this calling to work on this amazing foundation. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, I've been uh, blessed fortunate to have been, uh, I've worked in education for over 30 years. And I started my educational career with a science degree from our local university. So I've always had a propensity towards science. And I just, I've had one of those kind of more jungle gym careers where I've been a teacher and then a teacher coach and then an assistant principal, principal. So climbing the ladder in the educational system but then from time to time, I kind of ventured off to the left and to the right and um, did more of a supporting role to the educational system. So I spent some time working at our county office of ed, providing services. And then I spent some time in a nonprofit uh, working with the lowest 5% of the schools in California, then went back into the system to, um, to be a superintendent. And then I got this call. Uh, from from a headhunter that said, look, you're a female interested in science. You seem to be an early adopter of technologies. Everywhere you've gone, you've been able to serve students of color very, very well. And um, we think you'd be a great fit as the next CEO president of the Silicon Valley Education Foundation. What do you think? And I knew that my passion for working with students um, who traditionally don't have access or opportunity to success. I really had to think about, did I want to leave that direct touch with them and then come over and um, actually be a wraparound support services to their districts? And um, what really enticed me was coming out of the system and not having to deal with all the bureaucracy mm -hmm. that the educational system is now plugged and clogged with. And be able to be nimble and flexible and to be focused on um, providing direct services to teachers and students right now when they need it. Um, and so that's what attracted me to, to the position. That's, that's, that's awesome. I like it. So I guess we can speak ill of the education system now. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's game. I, don't, I would never speak ill of the education system because it's what I know and love and it's what I get up every day to support. But I don't think it's any secret that the educational system is fraught with bureaucracy. Yeah. And that while that bureaucracy may be there seemingly to protect, 
the adults and the children, what the bureaucracy is doing is acting as an obstacle for uh, particular sectors of our community to have access to success and opportunity to economic mobility. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I think that uh, I think human beings were just love bureaucracy. It, it's just like we're just so attracted to it and we love to recreate it everywhere. So this <laughs> it's the spirit of Silicon Valley and startups and tech is to, you know, uh, as an entrepreneur, we just like to break bureaucracy wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's difficult. And, and as, uh, as my company grows, we're like, the more people you have, the more bureaucratic it becomes. And it's kind of like, oh, how much of it we can take, how much of it we, we have to break down and stay nimble. So I, I, I appreciate that, the feeling. And, and I tend to not like to um, complain too much about um, systems. Mm-hmm. Because you know, unless I'm going to go make it better, <laughs> right? I, I so I just want to help and 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 learn. And I'm also thankful, right, that I was able to break through that same system and benefit right. from it, right? And I think what you're doing, uh, I'll tell you maybe a little bit of the opportunities I took advantage of. Uh, but I want to hear more about those direct services you give to kids mm-hmm. and teachers today, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the um kind of foundational um, aspects of the Silicon Valley Education Foundation that makes it very different is that we provide direct services to teachers and to students, as well as develop um, appropriate, high-quality, culturally responsive, growth mindset-facing curriculum. So we are really grounded in uh, the research of Richard Elmore around the instructional core. So it makes the organization incredibly complex in that what are we doing to create professional teachers and high quality teachers in STEM education? And what are we doing to create um, opportunities for students who are not on grade level, who are not given a chance to accelerate? How are we also providing them with direct services? And then how are we modeling really rigorous um, appropriate curriculum. Right. And uh, it's it's kind of a triangle or trifecta because what we know through our results um, and which have been research validated by third parties is that the professional learning that we provide for the teachers based on the curriculum and the pedagogy that we've created produces um, high results in students. So um, it's no secret what students need in order to succeed. It isn't. It's just we have to have the courage to do it. And um, what's the secret? What's the secret? Right. Well, the secret is that you have to give them an access to high quality and you have to give them the opportunity to succeed, which means you have to come around them. Right. And I think so many of our students here in Silicon Valley don't have that access to high quality, don't have that access to a robust curriculum, and so therefore they're not going to succeed. They don't have the pathway to do it. Um, what do you, what do you so mean? It, Silicon Valley, California is the richest, you know, has the most taxes, the wealthiest people, the the beacon of hope of technology and the future of this country. Wait, not everyone has equal access there? 
No, not at all. You have a student who lives in East San Jose and a student who lives in um, Los Altos, same county, $13,000 per student difference per year. So based on the funding formula that is used in the state of California, um, students are not funded equally, definitely not funded equitably. So if you, even if we just started with funding let's, students Let's just equally, ask that question again, right? Does that make any sense whatsoever, right? No, that, no. That, that we are, that we, that we get to have a formula for school purposes, right? I, I mean, I, I would think, I don't know, I, I haven't thought about this. I'm just saying stuff uh, out of my mouth, right? It's say, like, I would think that, hey, we have a million dollars or we have a hundred million dollars or we have a billion dollars in California. Then we come up with the cost per head per student and we just multiply how many students you have and everybody gets the same budget, right? Let's say, right? It's like, why not, right? And if, if, a, if a town pays more taxes, whatever, they can build a private school, right? They can do whatever. They, you know, those rich people, they can go to a private school. That's their choice, right? If they don't like it. but I would say by nature, if all these rich people live in this town, that school will be better, at least better supported, whatever it is, right? But from a government perspective, why do we treat one individual with more money than another, right? As far as the government and the state goes, is concerned, right? Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense to me, but it sure, it takes us, we've come now full circle to how we started this talk, that it's about the bureaucracy and the adults in the system. Yeah maintaining a bureaucracy and maintaining a system that serves them and that doesn't serve students. Yeah, no, I agree. So that, that is, that is what we are living here in California. It's known it's yeah. accepted because not only Elias, not only do the schools that get money based on their property taxes, get more per student, their families are creating school foundations and home and school clubs and exactly. paying for art teachers. So not only are they getting more per student based on their property taxes, they also have the means to give computer science coursework, robotics, um, right. mathathons, hackathons. They also can afford to do that. And so now you're a student in East San Jose. Uh, property taxes do not afford you the per pupil amount. And you are not in a community where there's a lot of extra income so that parents can supplement and subsidize these other computer science, robotics, STEM yeah. activities, right? And, and so that's why we exist. Right. We exist to fill that in for those communities. And, and um, it is, is the funding for schools 100% based on property taxes or is there is like government as well? Like So what happened? Mm -hmm. Great question. So we'll start with uh, state funds. First, there is a per pupil base amount that's given for every student. Then if, if your area has more property tax, you're also given that amount. Got it. Now the students that are in communities where there isn't high property tax, a lot of times those uh, areas have students who are a high concentration of students who are learning English, high concentration of like students me. who are for, yes, like you on Worst free and reduced lunch. Yeah. Right. So the state of California does give supplemental and concentration funds to address those needs. However, it's to address those needs. 
that can't be seen as, well, you're getting money for this. So that makes up for what we're getting in, in property tax because they need money to address those needs. That has to be, you can't, you know, it's, it's apples and oranges. But it's still a big gap so, regardless, even if you were to include that, that, that offset. Oh, it's massive. It's a massive, it's $13,000 per student, as I just said. And what's the I total mean, budget per student? That depends. It depends like normally, on. Like, like give, give me an example. Which is the, I, I want to know if it's, if it's 97, you know, to 114, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that off the top. I, I would be really shooting in the dark and it's, that's the sad thing. It's so variable. It's such a variable that I, it's not even, you know, it, there's so many factors that go into it, but it's a massive difference. Money isn't the salt, isn't the solution to everything, but I'll tell you this. If you're a teacher trying to live in Silicon Valley, are you going to work somewhere where you can make $75,000 a year? Or are you going to work somewhere where you can make $95,000 a year? No, no, absolutely. I, I don't think, I, I do think that money solves everything. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's used properly, right? It, it, yeah. If, if, if it, with the bureaucracy, I mean, you, you can do, not, not everything, but you know what I mean? This kind of problems, but you, I think what you're, you're alluding to is that it's, um, it, it needs, there's leadership. There has to be strategy. There has to be execution to, to pour it into the right places to solve specific problems, right? It takes courage. Yeah. What's needed is courage. Yeah. We have to have the courage to do the right thing. And what that means is telling folks that, yes, the folks over here are going to get this amount. They're going to get this access. They're going to get this opportunity because you already have it. Yeah. And we don't have the courage to say that. Um, you know, also... You know, money talks when you want to get elected. Money talks when you want to make a property deal. Money talks. So, you know, that's that's why what so all of this really attracted me to this organization because we seek individual funds, corporate funds, foundation funds, governmental funds, all targeted, all for, all focused on um, students where this gap of funding exists. And we want to make sure they have the mathematics, the technology, the engineering, the robotics, the computer science, all of those opportunities as their peers do so that they can become part of the Silicon Valley workforce. Yeah. So that I mean, they can work in their community. Yeah. It's like Silicon Valley just wants amazing, talented engineers that come to them for free, trained by somebody else uh, and um, preferably white. Right. And if we get some diverse ones, go well, fantastic. We got some diverse ones and it just they showed up. But but let's not figure out how we can help them. Right. It's right. Like, it's like, oh, wow, you are you are rare. And so um, I was going to say um, question, like, what is your it's, it's a nonprofit, right? So it's public. Right? What is your 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 total amount of funding? Like, how does that work? What are you distributing? Right. Uh, and, yeah. And yeah. Good question. So we run about a. Um, eight million dollar budget and all of that we get a probably close to half of that is state and government funding that we get from school districts and then the other half of that we raise through um, fundraising efforts as i said with individuals corporations and foundations and also with um some monies that come from like our board of supervisors county board of supervisors and city council and such so 
the school districts if, for the service, the direct services that we provide. The school districts pay half and we go and match. We get grants to match the other half. Got it. And, and, and you train teachers directly at, at where? where? Where does this training occur? Well, right now it occurs virtually. I bet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so um, we'll go to the school districts where they are and bring, uh, you know, we have space here. So like there's a lot of there's a lot of CS curriculum out there, right? But do so you have your own? Is there? Is there? Uh, I, mean, I don't think so. Oh, that's good to know. I, in in um, my 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 basic understanding of this is one, um, that computers, right? It, it's we learn it like online, right? We learn it uh, on, on our own, right? Uh, there's a lot of uh, boot camp schools, right? In my my understanding, and then there's another uh, option, like for example, MIT had op uh, open, you know, their courseware, right? Their curriculum. Stanford has some curriculum. So I'm just wondering, like, th there are options out there of, like, follow these courses from universities, right? Uh, I don't know how ready, and I mean, the, the packaging, the access, the, 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 I don't know if it's the mentoring, the supervising, the guiding, but the, the material itself, I know it's publicly available, right? What's right. missing? So the California computer science standards were actually developed and approved under the Obama administration. And so California was handed K kindergarten through 12th grade computer science standards. No curriculum, but they're standards. <laughs> and the standards run by grade span. Like this is what a kindergartner or third grader should do. In computer science. <laughs> in computer science. Yes, in computer science. Because computer science is, you know, data science, computational thinking, coding. Uh, there's a lot of design, a lot of components to it. So we, the, the Silicon Valley Education Foundation, we had the standards. There was no fifth grade curriculum, no sixth grade curriculum, no eighth grade curriculum. Got it. Um, yes, I know down the street at San Jose State, they're pumping out some wonderful engineers. But I think they're 18, 19, and, and 20-year-olds that they're working with. So we brought together, um, we're also the regional lead for an organization called code.org. Yep. And so we had some, some experience with providing, uh, gathering up professional development providers and gathering up curriculum writers. And so we in-house brought folks together based on the standards, um, pulled together the content. Now, the successful component has to do with pedagogy. How do you deliver it? A 12-year-old's not interested in sitting there and going through a tutorial on YouTube, right? They want to be in a classroom with the stuff. They want the stuff, like, how does this work? How do I connect this to that? Who's this? And then someone has to supervise that. And then it has to be tested. And then they have to iterate. And then they have to redesign. And then they have to iterate, right? The really good pedagogy that needs to come with it, that's what we created. Got it. That's what we created. Then that's something that you yeah. offer that you make it like I'm on the board of us of a school here, elementary, right? Uh, local where my kids went to elementary. Like if they wanted to teach, could they grab your courses? Yes, they could contact us and um, we could share what we've developed. We're we're not uh, for profit. Mm -hmm. I'm not over here sitting on, uh, you know, something saying, oh, this is ours. This is this is what it is. 
<clears throat> but I mean, that's part of what we have. That's again, getting rid of the bureaucracy, again, getting out of the way and just giving access to students. You want a diverse workforce, you've got to make this accessible yeah. to a diverse student body. It's, it's this, I mean, um, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Mitch and Frida uh, Kapoor, right, in, mm-hmm. in Berkeley. And it's like, it's, it's, it's such a long process and funnel to fix this problem, right? I mean, it starts from, from like housing, food, you know, just basic necessities, right? Then, then you have school, then, you, you know, it's like, okay, you get food at school, right? And then we and then we start trying to layer like CS and then entrepreneurship and then go to college and then like then get a higher college right and then get a job and then we lose how many, half of them don't get a job in, in if they study computer science if you're black or Latino right and it's like and then it's like okay how do we you get a job like how do we keep you at a job and you don't get fired you know it's like exactly you know, the problem is huge right so um, I definitely appreciate what you're doing there. Um, it, uh, but you got you you got to start. Yeah, everybody so, has to pick I, a spot in in the funnel. Everybody has to, to do their exactly yeah, exactly. You got to pick a spot. You got to start. And I think a lot of what we also help uh, not help the students don't need our help. They need our support and they need access. Is realizing uh, be your voice. Like you know this. You got this. Is how you advocate. Here's how how you speak the speak, right. There's that code switching that that has to go on a lot of times with our students. Like, this is how when we're in this space, when we do our hackathons or when we do our appathons or when we bring kids together to do presentations, it's like, this is how you speak in this space. What is an it's appathon? Not, what is an appathon? Oh, you create an app. Oh, we have kids got it, got it, got it. yeah. Wells Fargo has given grants to to middle schools here and they've done after school program and then they get together and they share the apps that they've developed. And it's amazing because you know this as an entrepreneur yourself, some of the best, easiest, simplest ideas come from a 12-year-old. They're like, because their mind isn't cluttered. Yeah. And they don't have obstacle yet. And by the way, ideas are dime a dozen. It's it's, it's being able to execute the problem. That's the hard part. Um, A couple of funny things I did um, with my kids. I've been trying to, you know, being an immigrant, being um, food stamps, you know, I did not, I was, uh, it was, I, I would go to school and I would work to support and help my mother. Like there was no, like, no after school programs, no tutors, no, right. no, 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 no piano, no tennis, no, none of that stuff. Right. right? No steam. Right. Right. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and so with my, my kids growing up, you know, most of my kids are now 18. I have one in Northeastern and I have to a uh, 15 and a 17 year old besides her. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thanks. And, and you're so still I'm, standing and smiling. What was that? You're still, you're still standing and smiling. I'm surviving, surviving, surviving. Yeah. yeah maybe get almost there. And the, <laughs> and the thing about it is that I always felt inadequate, especially in the early years of their child, of their childhood, because I just couldn't keep up with the bills. I couldn't keep up yeah. with the, uh, my, my wife was at home with them. It's three kids. And, and it's like, and I'm like, wow, I'm not taking them to all these things that all these people I work with at IBM like are taking their children to. And like I live in Lowell, Massachusetts, you know, uh, very underrepresented communities there and, and not not the best place in Massachusetts. And, and, uh, and, and it's like, I don't have like tutors, they're not going to music, I'm trying, am I teaching them? And like, what am I going to do? And so I thought 
maybe I was going to teach them computers, like, because I was the thing that I knew the most, right? Um, even then, I just couldn't find the time or necessarily find the right uh, pedagogy. 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 Uh-huh. It's a like pedagogia in Spanish. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find that. I didn't know it, right? And, and you got to find the right moment with kids, right? It's like, it has to be, everything has to be right. <laughs> and you have to support them. It's so one of the things that I did, I found was, so I ended up getting older. I tried a couple of things. I got in my Raspberry Pi. Then we used it twice and never went anywhere. Uh, but then when they got a little bit older, they wanted a phone. And so I said, the only way you get a phone is if I can, if you build an app and I install it on my phone from the app store. Right. And so they, and so, so that's how there was a lot of kicking and screaming and crying and, um, finding ways around it. Can I pay somebody to do it with my savings from my, you can do anything you want. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's like, but, um, so the, the first two it. built them, mm-hmm. I installed them, uh, and they got their phone. The third one still doesn't want to build it. <laughs> so we're, I'm like, no phone yet. So he's, yeah, he's I mean, that's good. But uh, that's good. I think that that, so that's, I figure like that's, and I have one more story and then you tell me, how can we help the students more? Because, um, my, 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 um, my daughter, I took her skiing last weekend and she brought a friend from college, um, a young black kid from Dallas, from Texas. And he, um, was blown away. Never seen snow, never seen skiing mountain. Uh, and then we went to have a brunch in downtown Boston and some fancy social club. Right. I, we had a great weekend together with him and he asked me so many questions because he's like, he's studying computer science. And, 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 and so he was telling me his journey and how he went from school to school and to worse school, better school. And he just never yeah. knew consistency, but somehow he made it to apply it and get a, the, a, a, a accepted to Northeastern. Right. Yeah. And he's studying CS and he's like, what classes, which should I do foundations? How do I become an entrepreneur like you? And so like, he just sucked me dry with questions of what classes, what to focus on, because he's seen what I was able to offer my kids, right? Yeah, in in a different way. And I, and I and he goes at the end when I dropped him off, he goes, "Thank you so much. I learned so much, right? Yeah. Like he met yeah. like a billionaire couple that was at this club. He he was yeah. his eyes were wide open. It's like I want to start a company. I want to learn computer science. And so like I'm like, how can I help more? you know, inspire and, and, and model to kids like what they can become, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I think a lot of when, when I hear your story and while, um, I am afforded white privilege cause I'm white. Yeah. Um, I too never saw snow until I was an adult. I remember the first time I saw cloth tablecloth, cloth napkins and tablecloths. I got a scholarship from the local Kiwanis club as a high schooler because I was the most improved high school student. Why? Uh, you know, I was working and supporting my family as well in East San Jose. So um, I quickly learned as this, this person learned that I can be, I can persevere. I can be tenacious. I can ask questions. I can be curious but there's a door that has to be open so that I know what's on the other side so that I, so that I know what's possible. And I think what I realized uh, and you have realized um, is it's our responsibility to make sure 
that we open those doors. And we don't, a lot of society thinks, well, I gave them the opportunity that they, so, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and go through. Well, that's just not a reality. Yeah. That's just not a reality uh, for the students, uh, for many, many, many students in, in this community. So I wake up every morning going, what door do I need to open today? And who do I need to open it for? And who do I need to make sure walks through it successfully? Yeah. Is stays, can choose to stay on that side. Yeah. There's a whole thing, as you said, you have to learn how to navigate depending upon what you look like when you walk through that door. So I think that, um, one, we need to demand it from the system. So that's where the advocacy part, part of the, our foundation, we advocate and we deliver. So we're two-pronged. So we're advocating to make sure that um, those doors are opened and people open them and the people in power open them. And then delivering so that students know how to walk through them can choose to walk through them, can yeah. choose to stay on that side, and can choose the path of, path of economic mobility. So I think that's what our calling is. If we really want a diverse workforce in jobs that uh, students can choose, that will, whatever they define as economically mobile, I need a great gardener, and I need a great engineer, and I need a great plumber, okay? However, I want that to be your choice. Yeah. And I want you to know how to run your business. I want, I, I want you to know how to market it and, and all of that. Um, then we, we have to tap on that bureaucratic system and help them navigate through it. We bring college mentors in to, to speak with the students so they can see college mentors from their community. So they can say, hey, this is how I supported my family, got on the bus and attended classes. Um, they hear it much differently from them than from me, even though I had to do the same thing. Yeah. It's like, really? Really, woman? You had yeah. to do that? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, and you already knew how to speak English. So I think that that we know, again, you know what needs to happen for these students. We need to have the courage and we need to have the expectation. Yeah. We need to have the courage to do it ourselves and the expectation that others do it. Yeah, but the open the door is it's, it's, it's really what people just don't realize, right? It, it's like, I've had some tough conversations with white people that are like, oh, that's not gentrification. They, they sold their home. You know, that's, yeah, um, no. that's yeah. uh, uh, I, I got here. Why why can't that person get here, right? Yeah. It, it's like, yeah. it, and, and it's like, and, and it's hard to get that through because it's like me, I, I, um, I went to a job fair at USF. I went in Tampa and I went every year. I was a freshman and I would show up with, with the tie and a white baggy shirt that I bought mm -hmm. at, you know, TJ Maxx or something or in them. And I was like dressed and I showed up and I, and I printed my resume in, and they would laugh at me at the, at the, at the job fair because they were like, you're a freshman. What are you doing here? Right. And, getting a job. and I'm like, I'm like getting a job. Right. And it's like, yeah, I, that's why, that's what I'm in school for. Like I need to yeah. like pay for things. And so it's, yeah. they would make fun of me every, every summer, every time I would go to the job fair, but I would go to every job fair. And then one of them, I was a junior and I knew some seniors that drove to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so like to a bigger job fair. And so like, I was like, 
oh, I go to this job fair and they make fun of me all the time. And let me go to the bigger job fair. So oh, I yeah. drove with them as a junior for five hours to Atlanta. And I met a, a black man named Bill Lawrence, who was doing a mm -hmm. diversity recruiting for IBM. See, right. he was opening doors. Right. And he was bringing those doors to the people that needed to go walk through them. Right. It's, right. And so he saw me and he goes, I need you to come to White Plains next year. Again, Good. not this year, but the following. Right. And so he goes, it doesn't matter. And so I, I, held, I kept his card, his email, and I emailed him. And he flew me to White Plains, right? And that's how I went what? from Florida. It's so like, to me, I have, I know every door that has been open, that has been pointed out and opened for me. Right, right. I couldn't have done it myself. Right. There was just no way. Right. It's, it's, it's that, and that's just what has to happen. And I think for the folks that, that don't understand that, it's because it's not, it's no part of their lived experience. It's no part of their lived experience, so therefore it doesn't exist. And I think that it was a, such a shocker for me. I have biracial children, and I was raising them, doing this and that, and, and getting them through, working, blah, 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 blah. When my daughter entered middle school, and all of a sudden she was asked to identify, are you Latina or are you white? And she was having all of these issues, and I was like, what are they talking about? I had no, zero, zero, zero idea what she was going through. How do I grew up in East San Jose. I grew up surrounded. I thought, oh, I get this stuff. I get it. No idea what this afforded me. Zero, Elias, until my, I could not help my own daughter. And that's when I had a massive you know, wake up call and about where I was on my racial awareness spectrum, my cultural awareness spectrum, just because I grew up in this community that was where I, you know, I was maybe there was five white kids, didn't make me understand, didn't assist me in understanding their lived experience because I still look like this. Yeah. I still had doors opened for me without me even knowing. Exactly. Yeah. So I, it was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I mean, I had. I... Doors, and, 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 and by the way, like, in my opinion, I feel like, sorry to interrupt, but it's like doors, I don't know, I'm just going to be a generalist. Very rarely a white person opens a door for us. It's like my story has been people of color that have been color. opening exactly. doors for me. It's like, I'm like, exactly. it's like the, the truth is, I just don't see that many doors like you're opening doors right you're right. doing it right and it's like right. uh but you had to live through it and through your own kids right right uh, it's right. like i right. i i um and, and and i'm learning with with black lives matter for example like i always connected with with african americans in the sense like we're unified united and like yeah yeah we the police yes we say this and we would we were like i thought we were the same but I had to go through a lot of education because I don't live what they live, right? That's right. I come. That's right. My path is different than theirs, and it's a That's different right. type of 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 inequity and injustice, right? Right. Uh, right. And so, so I'm I'm fortunate that I have a board of uh of ex Silicon Valley I shouldn't say ex retired Silicon Valley CEOs that that are white that get this. Yeah. And um, are very, very dedicated to 
what doors need to be open? Who can I open it for? I mean, I'm really proud that over the last three years, we've added four, uh, five women to our board and five and, and no, six women to our board and five of them are women of color. Wow. I specifically recruited them. Yeah. I specifically went, this is why, because their lived experience is different. We need that on our board and they can open doors in a different way than my, the, my other board members yeah. and my board got that and understood it. Yeah. So again, it's having the converse, the courage to have the conversation, the expectation that this is what we're going to do. We must look like the students that we serve. We need to understand what it is, the barriers that, that we, with our influence as a Silicon Valley education foundation board, our influence, how can that be used so that the students, the 27,000, the 50,000, the however many thousand that we're going to serve have the opportunity to have access to succeed, that they do succeed and that they can be economically mobile. I want to see my kids being the engineers down the street at Cisco and Oracle. That's what I want to see. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's, um, yeah, it, it, and, and opening a door is not that hard. I mean, it's a, it's a. Show them around. Invite them to dinner once. Tell them a story. I had my my daughter brought uh, for 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 December for Christmas, but all her classmates and friends and like five six of them and and we had dinner at the house and they were like asking for college advice and and how to get a job and when to interview and what careers do this and that. And it's like all those things and they were like, "Can I contact you when I graduate for a job?" Yes. So just open a door for them to feel comfortable. That's right. Ask right. Um, it, it's it's unbelievable what opening a door and holding it open just for very little for someone could could end up becoming an entrepreneur like like it happened to me right that's um, right where where like little by little I'm I'm 45 so it's taking me 25 years to get to this position but now I'm in the process of learning the reason why I do this podcast is to share the learnings mm-hmm. because. Uh, a lot of people are intimidated, right? And and not able to talk on, on either side of this, whether you be white or you be of color, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. For for fear of repercussion, for fear of not getting a job or getting fired. And I say like, my job is to be that voice and say like, let me just tell the problem like it is. Yeah. And, and inspire people to achieve their own version of their American dream, right? Which is, that's right. I'm thankful that this country is way more accessible <laughs> to opportunity than, than my country was, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely grateful. And that's why I don't like to complain about the system, but we got to help it. Oh, I think it's, maybe it's, uh, I don't view when I, when I make statements, it's like, if you can't put the facts into the light, you can't address them. Not complaining about the system. This is just an is. Yeah. So what are we going to do about it? And I'm here. I will get in the boat with you. I will row with you. I will give you 110%. But we're going to name it. Yeah. Or we're going to move. And if that is something I know, you know, for people who let there, this country, this California, Silicon Valley is working for some people. It's working really well. And they want to protect that because it's working really well for them. So they don't want any boats. They don't want to move. And, uh, you know, that we have to de- demand it and expect it that, no, this is this is what's going to happen. And we're going to be that constant voice and drip and just come in force. 
I love um, I love that you're so so non nonsense not nonsense like you're, you're so like you have so common sense and you don't care because I, I maybe I would be if I would be in your position I'd be worried oh my god I mean like if I call out the Silicon Valley you know wealthy XX top tech people then they're not going to donate right but you're calling it and 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 you have the people that care it's we have to go with who cares that's yeah. And I'm not the, you know what, I'm, I'm not the right fit for those kinds of donors. Yeah. And there are those donors and they're giving to other nonprofits that are maintaining their beliefs and got, you know, they get to do that. Right. The right donor for me, you know, it's like you have, it's, it's a partnership. And so, uh, the, the wonderful, amazing donors that we have, they're like, yes, they recognize I got this I, for for these reasons. I have this. This is my community, and this is this is who I want want to help. Yeah. So, I, I would never want to disappoint a donor yeah. by, um, you know, spending their money in a way and sending a message in a way that wasn't aligned to their values. Perfect. So I guess that's yeah, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. I, I think it's. We'll, 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 we'll cut it off here because people don't have that much attention span. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's been great talking with I know, you. Absolutely. Same. I think you, you are, I love your personality and, and, and your, your, we call it GSD, get shit done. Thanks for listening to the American Dream Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss when a new episode drops. If you like this episode, please leave a six-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about my American Dream mission, subscribe to my newsletter linked in the show notes.